You're listening to the Comic Book Informer Podcast with Vince and Raj, a podcast for everyone from comic nerds to comic noobs. You know who you are. Now here's your host, Vince. Hello, everyone, and welcome to issue 24 of Comic Book Informer. We are coming to you for the very first time live on May 4th, 2011. Big shout out to our massive audience. You guys listening on iTunes, <laughs> out all the fun. As usual, I'm your host, Vince, with my co-host, Roger. What's up, buddy? Not too much. Not too much. <laughs> audience goes wild, apparently. <laughs> Sam, we love you. And all the other people, too. Mm-hmm. We love you. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, we have a little bit of news to cover this week, and the first of which is Marvel has announced their upcoming MMO. Uh, we've heard about this uh, over the last several years. Uh, actually started off as the game that became Champions Online, so now they're giving it another shot, this time as a free-to-play game. And one thing that really sets this game, aside from the subscription structure, apart from DC Universe, is that they've said you will be able to play the actual Marvel characters and not your own. So far, they've announced pretty much everybody you'd expect, Thor, Wolverine, Captain America, Spider-Man, throw out a few uh, fan favorites that I'm sure a couple people are happy about. And it could be a very interesting game. We'll see how it plays out, but at least it has some power behind it and that Brian Michael Bendis pretty much Marvel's biggest writer, will be writing the game. And he has said that it's not going to be influenced solely by the continuity of the comics. He's going to draw inspiration from the regular comics, the ultimate comics, the TV shows, the movies, whatever he wants to do to tell an interesting and new, fresh story while still being very Marvel. He's going to put it in the game. And that's at least interesting to me at this point. It is, but the the potential for disaster is there. I, anytime you make it so that, and I know that you prefer this because we discussed this at length before DC Universe Online came out, but you like the idea of playing as the characters. But anytime you're going to make it so that there can be literally thousands of Wolverines running around, you've ruined it. You've ruined the immersion of the game. How can you possibly feel immersed in a game if everybody else looks like you just maybe dresses a little differently and that's the biggest drawback that's going to be in the game i don't care how they they make it so that in their game it makes sense and i'm air quoting here it can't make sense once again air quotes and again it's gonna make it so that and and that's the biggest thing for games you want that immersion and it's going to make it so that you can't you're not going to be able to have that i mean Sure, I'm, I'm excited that Bendis is going to be working on this. I mean, obviously, and it's going to be great that we're going to have somebody who is as steeped in the comic lore and take that over to the, the game side as well. So they're not going to be skimming out on story in the game, hopefully. So that's that's fantastic. But once again, by making it so that everybody can choose those iconic characters that everybody wants to be you're you're thrown out immersion and on top of that you're going to make balance very very difficult when you go when you start balancing pve pvp and everything and everybody's the same character it's going to be one of those where again when you look at the archetypes of what gaming is in terms of uh mmos where your group makeup for pve content or pvp content has to be specifically this 
type of class, specifically this spec of this class and this and that. Well, it's going to be the same kind of thing where you're going to need, okay, we're going to need a, a, a Thor, a Wolverine, and a whatever for this encounter. And I don't, I don't like that. I don't... I, I really, really, really don't like it. I think that DCU Online has it. They, they, the way they did it, where you can work with the characters, um, is fantastic without you actually being them. I think that works far better. Yeah, it's always been a weird issue with me because we've discussed this at length on our other podcasts about DC Universe Online, where. For an MMO, creating your own character definitely works better than playing as the established character. But that said, there's a lot of people who, if they're playing in the DC or Marvel universes, want to play as those iconic heroes. So it's a weird balance. And while DC seems to be going the way that works best as an MMO, Marvel's going the way that works best as far as a game most fans would actually want to play more. Now, if that's going to be the better game or not, uh, that obviously remains to be seen. And we're just going to keep our eyes on it as it goes forward. Yeah. All right. So briefly moving on to the next moment, because neither one of us are uh, terribly excited (laughs) about it. Marvel every day this week has been announcing their upcoming plans for the Ultimate Universe. Uh, First of all, on Monday, they announced the relaunch of Ultimate Comics Ultimates. And yeah, Dude, yesterday, somebody buy Marvel of the Thors. So that the Thoris, the Thoris, shut up. I'm, I'm on my second less wine, but yeah, they need something else because when you start naming your comics, ultimate comics, ultimates, there's a problem. There's a problem, folks. I can't believe this got passed to, you know, editor in chief who signed off on this and say, yeah, that sounds like a fantastic title. Go for it. No, come on, people. There's going to be other names you can use. I'm just waiting for the uh, Ultimately Ultimate Comics presents the Ultimate Ultimates versus the Ultimate Comics Ultimate X-Men. Spectacular (laughs) Ultimates is what they're they're waiting for. That's in the least. Yes. So uh, they also have the new Ultimate X-Men title coming out. And just today they announced um, Ultimate Hawkeye miniseries. So basically coming up in September after the Ultimate Avengers versus the new Ultimates. I'm sorry. Ultimate Comics new Ultimates versus Ultimate Comics new Avengers. (laughs) And the whole Death of Spider-Man thing coming up in September. They're once again relaunching the Ultimate line. And it actually hasn't been that long since their last relaunch. They did the big Ultimatum event, geez, <laughs> a couple years ago. See where I'm going with this? <laughs> yeah. And then relaunched with a new line of titles under the Ultimate Comics banner instead of just Ultimate because, hey, that's a new word that's different. And it just, while they were trying to move things forward and do a good relaunch, A lot of publishing delays just really killed it. Uh, They put out six issues of Ultimate Comics New Ultimates in the time it took out to put three volumes of Ultimate Comics Ultimate Avengers. And then Ultimate Comics Ultimate X has come out with four issues total in the last year-ish. So they're getting some new creative teams on hand and handing these characters over to writers who really don't have that much experience with the Ultimate Universe. So... It could be interesting. There's a, there's some nice ideas here. Just at this point, the ultimate universe might just kind of have played itself out. I'm not going to disagree with you. It's basically what's happening by the sound of it is just a after Fallout is just going to be a reboot. And I'm thinking, okay, well, 
I thought that the point of this, and you can correct me because this started before I was reading again. I thought the the point of the Ultimates universe was just a, here's a sandbox, screw it up as much as you want to if you have to, and then once it's done, we move on kind of thing. So you can play with the lore as much as you want in the canon and mess it all up if you have to, and then once it's done, we're done. Let's move on to something else. Am I wrong? No, you're not. And that's what was most alluring about uh, the Ultimate line when it first came out. In addition to, it was a great line of comics to pick up if you were a new reader. they There was no 50 years of backstory you had to catch up on. You picked up issue one. It was issue one. Nothing is established. But it grew to the point where their continuity got so complicated, they literally destroyed the entire world. And then they rebuilt it, and it just hasn't quite worked out. And it's unfortunate because... There are a lot of fans who really enjoy these characters a lot of times more than their regular counterparts. It just it hasn't clicked for me in the last couple of years outside of Spider-Man. And see, the, the that's the problem that I'm having with the concept of a reboot. If if it was supposed to be just a sandbox that you're killing off and then it's done with, then be done with it. And then start under, if you want to start with the same kind of concept, once again, let's give them another sandbox and see what they can do with this time, then give it a different title. Just go with something completely fresh, completely different, and work with that, instead of just kind of partially, half-assedly, and yes, I'll bleep that out, rebooting this instead. And that's where I'm seeing it failing. Yeah, well, it's never going to fail. Uh, there's just a lot of marketing power behind that ultimate banner, obviously, if they continue to use it four times in one comic. But it creatively, I, I think it is tapped out. Anyway, we're going to move on to our actual discussion for this week. And that is something I've been waiting to talk about. And you've been waiting to read. So I'm glad you finally got your hands on it. And that is the Age of X event that's been going on. Um, a little bit of backstory. Mike Carey, the writer for X-Men Legacy, which we have both been enjoying greatly, decided he wanted to tell a story tying together multiple generations of the X-Men, be it the original five, the new mutants, the what have you, all the various X-Men in one big story. And Marvel liked it. Editorial liked it. And as a matter of fact, they liked it so much, they decided to make it a little mini event. Instead of being an X-Men legacy story, they were going to span it out between the X-Men legacy and the New Mutants title and then throw in a couple of tie-ins as well. And at first, I really, really liked it. Uh, the first issue we got was the Age of X Alpha one-shot, which was just kind of an anthology backstory on some of the characters. Um, there's some stuff in there about Cannonball. We got to see Magneto first building the fortress. But the ones that stood out, of course, were Wolverine, because he has no powers that he can use in the Age of X. And what is probably one of the coolest alternate backstories for a character I've ever seen was Basilisk, the age of x version of scott summers that was a really cool story to me oh yeah definitely but yeah no one of the things that i was not crazy about was that feeling again as if these backstories are being crammed down your throat far too quickly and i mean when it starts to impact on the i mean you can tell backstories without it impacting on the dialogue that people have. So when you're seeing these people that are sitting around these these mutants that are sitting around the campfire and you can recognize them all, however they've got different names, different relationships and everything, but it's the way that they talk where they're leading into the backstories and it's like 
that's not how people talk. It's not natural. And again, it's one of those where it snaps you out of that immersion. And so I really wasn't crazy about that. And I really actually was not crazy either about the them using different artists for each of the flashbacks. I mean, it's the only way that they could do it where they can get a, a number of artists so that they can get the issue out fairly fast kind of thing. And it, I mean, it works in that regard where they only used it for the, the flashbacks. But some of these artists, whew, <laughs> we can get <laughs> more into argue. that. Yeah, man, I had a problem with a couple of them in particular. But I didn't like that. I think that it, the immersion would have been better had you, again, had one artist for the full issue and and then from there make it two so that they're not, that, that the dialogue works and they're not leading into these backstories so much that it feels so phony. See, my biggest issue with this was it kind of ties into yours, but the most biggest problem I had was the timing of it. I don't like this being the first issue we get of the Age of X storyline. I think this would have been served a lot better coming out after, say, chapter two or chapter three, where we've been introduced to the characters. And then they put out, say, you know, Age of X, the Magneto files or whatever you want to call them, just giving the backstory on the characters and fleshing out the story more. I think that would have served this particular issue a lot of better for this story. No, I and you're right. There's a lot of ways that it could have been done better. I, I, I like I know what they were trying to do. Like, let's just set up the entire backstory right off the bat and then work from it after that. Yeah. And that helps because then down the line, you're not having to deal with f- flashbacks or at least not nearly as many flashbacks in future issues, which is, is great because, you know, if, if flashbacks on, are done properly, then yeah, you're going to kill the continuity and, and, and the feel and the momentum of the story. So I, again, I can understand. It's just that by limiting it to only one issue and with so much to, to, to impart over those few pages, you can't help but have that, again, cram down the throat feel of of trying to tell you why the universe is as such, or the world in this case, or even just this zone is as such. Yeah. Again, the stories themselves were really good. I, I will remember that basilisk story for quite a time to come. It just didn't quite fit with the overall setup. But moving into the Age of X itself, it was told over six issues, uh, three each for X-Men Legacy, numbers 245 through 247, and New Mutants, 22 to 24. And it alternated between each coming out every couple weeks. And up through the first four issues, I absolutely loved the series. We've seen a lot of alternate universes, alternate timelines over the years, but this one just really worked for me. I loved the setting. I loved the concept of this is the last stand of mutant kind. However many mutants there are in this fortress, that's the last of them, and humanity just wants to wipe them out. It has that great back-to-your-wall really hard-paced story to it and the characters really stepped up it was characters that we know characters we recognize but with enough unique twists to make it new to make it interesting again uh scott summers he with his basilisk storyline uh cannonball stepping up to be the leader in in the field i love that because he's been he's been being groomed for that leadership role for ages now uh magneto was the general the whole thing they did with rogue as the legacy slash reaper that was cool yeah that was phenomenal and that's like we've been talking about her more in in uh different 
series that we've been seeing her and whatnot. Now, I know that you're not as crazy about her. I've actually kind of always liked the character, but we've been seeing where she's really well written in different series they're doing a good job with her and i thought here they did such a great job with her they used her well they used the the power well and it was it was fun and you could you could when you look at what's going on here and like you were saying that last stand for mutants that to have one person that could then be a database of everyone who's fallen in battle is of such importance so and they did a good job of conveying that throughout yeah and the mystery that they set up surrounding this whole this whole universe was also a very strong story we had uh shadow cat kitty pride going beyond the walls and coming back with a camera full of empty pictures we had a prison full of psychics and and seers and all this crazy stuff that just lets you know that as interesting as this universe was there was something really off about it something didn't quite fit and what i loved was um i think it was issue two when rogue went down into the prison and met up with blindfold how it wasn't an alternate reality version of blindfold it was the same exact one from yeah. the x-men legacy series so it really did a good job of tying this alternate universe into the real one and really made me want to know just how it all fit together well uh, again love the mystery that they set up here too that's when she calls her rogue too and that's the yeah. first time that you get someone called by their quote-unquote real name and it was that moment where because up until then i i've been trying really hard not to follow any news about it not to read any reviews and just stay away from it so that i could read it all in one um one evening kind of thing and so i i didn't know if this was going to be a strictly um non-canon story art that they'd run over x amount of issues and then it would be done or if they'd somehow try to fit it into the canon and so that's why when i read rogue that first time that's when it was like ah okay so they're going to try to make this try to make this make sense yeah that was pretty cool my only problem with this first two-thirds of the story was that i wanted it to last longer I wanted to spend more time with these characters, more time in this world, just really fleshing it out. I wanted them to make me care about it even more before it got to the resolution and ended everything. Because the resolution, while it wasn't bad, it was it was a solid story and a, a nice twist on what they were doing here. Once it actually came, I was disappointed because that meant I wasn't going to see these cool new characters that they've obviously put a lot of time and effort into coming up with not just names, but character designs and backstories for all these characters. They were there for four issues, and now they're just going away for the last two issues of the story of being the resolution. Again, I liked the resolution. I love the whole thing with uh, Legion and his split personalities. It was really cool. I just wanted to spend more time in the actual Age of X. I agree. I agree. I think that this could have been something that I, I see. I can look at the the logistics of it and them saying, OK, yeah, you can run with this, but you're going to run with it for X amount of issues. And that's it, because otherwise we're taking too big a chance and then we can lose sales and blah, blah, blah kind of thing. So I can appreciate that, which is also why I think it would have been much smarter to put this as its own dedicated miniseries and not and, and also have the tie ins kind of again, a Shadowlands kind of thing tied mm-hmm. into as many things as you want to from there. But give it its room to grow in its own kind of miniseries i think that would have been far smarter than branching across 
these different series and and then shoving in only a couple of the actual Age of X uh, issues. Yeah. If there's really only one misstep the story itself took was that in the last issue, you had this huge climactic battle, which was cool. Great battle. Wolverine finally stepping up, him fighting back to back with uh, Scott Summers. Cool stuff. But as the reader, we already know that this universe is fake. So the big battle... Yeah, it was completely pointless. It had no consequence for the reader. Maybe the characters were into it, but the reader, as a reader, I know I wasn't. That's a, actually, I couldn't have said it better. That's exactly it. And see, I really, while I'm reading this, I'm thinking, okay, how, especially once you get that that mention of Rogue, I'm thinking, okay, how are you going to make this make sense and fit into the canon? The obvious assumption that I had would be that it was all part of someone's psychic kind of thing and maybe even that they'd drawn everybody into their minds and whatnot and all that but I think that this whole thing of the the universe in a box (laughs) might have gone a bit too far the hell has that much power and when you find them take their freaking head off because nobody should be walking around with that much it it was just the again the logistics of one character one person being able to do something like that goes far beyond what a mutant should be able to do we're talking gods now you know i can't see thor pulling something like this off or his old man or something like that and maybe he can he'll correct me i know you like to do that but what i'm saying is that for this it just it was too much it was way 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 too huge and it was like okay this is now you've lost me i'm 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 reeling back that disbelief i i'm gonna need it That, that part of it worked for me because, A, the character – I don't want to ruin too much here. The character responsible for this has been put forward as possibly one of the most powerful mutants in history uh, given his – Possibly? Family- Given his family lineage, and they they have set it up previously with uh, Franklin Richards uh, from the Fantastic Four, you know, Sue and Reed's son, yeah. and the Scarlet Witch both – being mutants and both being able to do something very similar to this. So it does fit the canon, even if it doesn't fit how you would like it to. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I, 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 I enjoyed this, this little story arc. I, I really did. And I really enjoyed the alternate take on the characters. Man, I was digging that. And I really would have liked to have seen it go further too, like you were saying. Really. And I would have liked to have seen more of the buildup before they got to Fortress X. Yeah. And that then, was all done through like promotional materials and stuff. And it was a really cool story, yeah. but it was all through, you know, hidden websites and, and little, you know, stuff hidden here and there. But it, it was some cool stuff going on. Yeah. No, it would have been nice. It would have been nice to see a lot more of, again, that buildup and the, the character development and things like that so that you can really feel invested in those characters instead of just all of a sudden, boom, they're in Fortress X and they're fighting and they're, that's all they got to do. So, yeah, no, I would have liked to have seen a lot more of that because, the again, the resolution for me personally was like, nah, you're, you're stretching it. Even for, for me, you're stretching it too far. Yeah, but we did get some of that buildup in the universe uh, miniseries. It was two issues that came out. And again, I don't like the timing of this because it came out at the end. By the time these two issues came out, we already knew that this universe was false. It, it, so these great stories that they told 
already lacked the weight, just like that big battle at the end. We already knew it didn't really mean anything, which is sad because honestly, these issues should have come out in place of the alpha issue because it did a great job of setting up the universe. But it doesn't make sense. It, but it, it, explain to me how it made sense. Everything outside of the bubble was... Doesn't exist. Doesn't exist. I know. But these guys <laughs> are outside of the bubble. So how does it make sense? It, 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 again, it doesn't. You know, we made <laughs> this, this omnipotent character that created this universe also created a backstory that she published in comic books. Let's, let's go. I, I just, it didn't, like, uh, if if what happened in um, Age of X Universe 1 and 2, if, what, if that happened prior to when they made it to Fortress X, because there is some stuff in Alpha and in the other issues where they're not yet at the Fortress. Right. They're out and they're amongst other people and, and whatnot. So if that occurred during that time prior to once they made it to the fortress and then everything else ceases to be, then, OK, it makes sense. But otherwise, it, it just doesn't fit. Well, at the very end of the uh, Avengers story, how when uh, Sue Storm used her her psychic, her invisible bubble, that's what gave them the idea to create the first force walls in the first place. So maybe once they put up that wall is when the rest of the universe ceased to exist. So right. I can see the hints in there of it fitting in. Just again, it would have done a lot better if this had been coming out earlier in the miniseries as opposed to at the end when we already know that it's pointless. Because I liked it. I loved the characters. Uh, the Iron Man was cool. The banner was great. And more importantly than that, that Spider-Man little story was freaking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and the Actually, Stephen I Strange I one was cool that too. than any of the other ones because I think that at points too, I was thinking that they were relying a little too much on, on cliches. Of course, who are you going to have in charge? Castle. You know, there, there's yeah. little things that were like, uh, you know, not as interesting. But, uh, and, and then of course, when they brought um, Wolverine's brother, uh, what's his name? Sabretooth. Sabretooth. Yeah. When, when they brought him to track him and it was like, ah, yeah, of course, you know, and it was like I, little things like that. I wasn't crazy about, but there were some some aspects of it that I didn't mind, but I certainly didn't think it was nearly, nearly as good as the as Alpha. Yeah, but it, it was still a solid tie in that did expand upon the story, and I can appreciate that. So, again, as a whole. The concept of Age of X was phenomenal. The The way it started off, the way it played out was so good. Just they made some small missteps throughout that kind of lessened the impact of it. I, I And ask anybody, I was jumping for joy over the first you know couple months of this miniseries. It, um, chapter four was you know my comic of the week one week because that was that freaking awesome. And just by the end, I wasn't as into it. However, I can appreciate the way that it's setting up for some future stories coming up in X-Men Legacy, how we've seen, you know, Magneto, Xavier, Legion. They're going to be the focal characters in that series for a little while. And then we have the weird stuff going on of Scott having memories of a relationship with another woman while Emma's still around. And same thing with Storm and Namor. And not to mention, we still don't know what's up with those supposedly dead characters that are now back. So I like that they took this bizarre alternate reality and did meld it in with the core universe making making it something important that will go forward in more stories to come yeah it's going to be um it's going to be one of those things that as they reference it later on is going to be that nice little cookie for those 
of us who read it kind of thing that will understand what's going on. But it's going to confuse the hell out of everybody else because it's going to be so absolutely different than the norm. Yeah, you know, maybe a couple of years from now, Namor looks at the Black Panther kind of weird because he remembers sleeping <laughs> yeah. with his wife. You know, that some stuff. There, there's definitely some gold to be mined from here. Yeah, I tap that too. <laughs> <laughs> so, moving on, Age of X wasn't the only miniseries. Well, hold on uh, a second, hold on. Before oh, we touch on more? that, I have to rant at least for like one little bit on their choices. I know we touched on some of the art was bad, but listen, they've got to stop hiring Steve Kurth. Kurth yeah. for this stuff because no offense Steve I don't know if it's a time thing where you're rushed because I know artists are rushed to produce far more than they realistically can however you have some panels that are brilliant they're just gorgeous fantastic but then you have especially the faces some of these faces you look at them and you think oh that's so wrong, so bad. And again, some of them are good, but then some of the ones that he had of Xavier made me cringe. Okay, when your art can make people cringe, not good, not good. <laughs> because the the Clay Man issues over in the uh, legacy side of the story, those, those looked great. I loved the Clay Man artwork. Yeah, there were again, there were some that that were justifiably very good, but Steve Kurtz stuff was just. Again, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm showing some of them on the screen here, and some of the faces are just, and he seemed to have problems with Xavier a lot. It just seems so bad, 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 bad. Okay, now we can go on. I just, okay, it had to be said. Yeah, you had your moment. All right. So again, as I was saying, Age of X wasn't the only miniseries that wrapped up this week. We also had over on the DC side of things, the final issues of both Brightest Day and Justice League Generation Lost. And that's what I've been reading this week, because now that they're done, I'm going back through it and rereading them as a whole. And Brightest Day had some really great flashes of brilliance. There were some really good storylines in there, some characters I really grew attached to. Just by the end, it got a little goofy. <laughs> and we're going to discuss this in, more in depth in an upcoming issue, issue of the podcast. Once conversely, <laughs> yes, conversely, I th- absolutely love Justice League Generation Lost. From beginning to end, it just got better and better with each issue. And I'm very happy to see that DC is going to be continuing that miniseries on in its own ongoing up and upcoming months. So if you have to pick between the two, I would recommend Generation Lost because believe it or not – Booster Gold is one of my favorite DC characters right now. And <laughs> people who haven't been reading DC comics are staring at their monitors right now, hands in the air, going, what the heck are you talking about? It's Booster freaking Gold. Trust me. Check those out. I will, but only because I need to read it kind of thing. Not because of him, because I've never liked the character. I just never, ever have liked the character. All right. Well, what have you been up to? Oh, I can't believe... That in this week, you didn't mention this as quite potentially the most, I don't want to say important, but that caused the most waves in comic books for quite some time. Superman renounces his U.S. citizenship. This was all over the place. People were wigging out about this. You know you've done something cool when you can get 
people to, and that aren't even comic nerds, to be wigging out over something in a comic book. Like this was appearing on Republican websites all over the place, and it was tucked aside as just this little story in Action Comics number 900. The the bulk of the story, of course, was this thing with uh, Doomsday, which was, uh, maybe I'm, I'm I've gotten a little jaded with some of the DC stories lately. I haven't been enjoying them quite as much. This was partially in Superboy, and maybe that's also why I'm like, ugh, <laughs> this Doomsday crap, I'm sorry, but I ain't digging it. And, um, and so when I was reading this, it was like, I mean, it was all right, but it was certainly, I don't know, I didn't think it was that big a deal. And the whole bit with Luther was, once again, one of those, you've gone too far. There, There's that line, and it's a hard line to know when you've crossed. But, I mean, I felt that the whole bit with Luther was far too too crazy it was it was just too out there and then there's the little stories afterward um there were a few of them one of which was brilliant and that was the one and it's called what hold on it's called life support and damon lytleloff wrote that and the artist is ryan souk and it was the guy from lost i don't know is it yeah is it Okay, well, whatever, yeah. dude. It was okay. I loved it. It was fantastic, and it's basically just a little, and it's very short, just a little vignette showing Krypton essentially before it was going to die, and um, who's Superman's father? What's his name? Do we know? Jor-El. Jor-El. Getting someone to help him with his plan to get kal off the planet kind of thing. Uh, that completely spoil, spoils it, but it's still worth reading. And it was just <laughs> this fantastic little vignette, and the art was great, and it was very, again, very, very well written. I enjoyed it a lot. And then there's this little story with um, with Kent and, um, and um, what's-her-face, um, Lois Lane, for she's given him a night to relax with his super friends, which was ridiculous. Although you got to look at it just for one panel. I've actually got it up so that you can see which one I'm talking about here. The bottom right-hand corner and where if you, again, artists are kind of dirty bastards because they know kids aren't going to think of this, (laughs) but the adult men reading the comics are going to say, her left leg is at this angle. She's wearing a short skirt, and the other leg is at this angle, and Kent is right there. Gee, I wonder what he's... I I already know he can look through stuff, but this is an obvious flashing panel. Um, (laughs) It was a ridiculous little story. Like a lot of these where they shove a bunch of short stories in the back, they're crap kind of thing, but then there was this The Incident and basically, it's just this Superman is being accused of taking sides with the government and and because of his peaceful demonstration in, where was it, Libya or Iran? Uh, Iran. And, I mean, it's trying to be corny in a time when we have so much political unrest in reality that it's like, okay, I can see what you're trying to do here. It's kind of cute, but it doesn't really... I don't know. But the big the the big thing was where he says he's renouncing his US citizenship because he's tired of his having his actions being associated with the American government. And 
I just thought it was hilarious because it was a bomb. It's like, holy crap, that's that's that's, that's pretty big. <laughs> I mean, I'm Canadian and I'm thinking, whoa, that's pretty big. But it sent people for a friggin' loop. I don't know. What did you think when you read this? Well, you see, that's the thing. I didn't because I've made no I haven't hidden that as a character, I don't care for Superman. He's too infallible for my tastes. So I did give him a shot uh, around issue 700 when J. Michael Straczynski started writing the actual Superman title. And it, it was a nice concept, but the writing was so awful, I, I once again gave up. So the entire Superman side of DC holds no interest for me. So I actually didn't check this one out. I saw everybody complaining about it, and I was like, oh, that's messed up. But again, I don't care about Superman, so I really don't care what country he works for. <laughs> I again, he could go I, to Canada for all I for care. For all I care, we'll take him. He could stand the cold. I, it's not like I had any obvious emotional attachment either to the character nor any kind of he represents because that's a big thing, too. Like, freaking, he represents the states, and it's like it makes me laugh. <laughs> justice in the American way. He's from Crip, he's Oops. not, he's an illegal alien. <laughs> <laughs> Shh, don't call them. Yeah, so uh, to me, it was. I, I, I could care less. However, I thought that something of this magnitude still should have probably been handled in an entire issue. Not just, you know, this one panel in a small short story at the end of this other thing. So maybe it was just like a, oh, maybe it was a what if. Sorry, do over. We didn't really mean it, guys. Really? Because I'm thinking, <laughs> is that what they're going to do? Is, is there going to come a point where they're going to go, you know, that thing that we, he kind of changes my, which goes to the uh, the, the strip on uh, the gutters, which yeah. people should check out because he makes a joke about that where he goes to become the uh, the uh, savior for, for Mexico. Mexico, which was hilarious. <laughs> But uh, but no, it was I just thought it was funny that they would bury something that important. And, you know, they knew it was important. I mean, you can't drop yeah. a bomb like that without knowing that this is going to cause some waves. But so then why kind of just tuck it aside in a little short story unless they were going for that little bit of shock value, which is so hard to get nowadays. Yeah. And well, they it got worked. it. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't have to kill anybody to do it. So you had something else this week? No, that's pretty much it. I mean, I, okay. I got caught up with uh, Uncanny, Uncanny X-Force as well as Uncanny X-Men. I'm still working on those, so I've been enjoying them. We're going to be tackling X-Force a little bit more in future episodes as well. Uh, I've been enjoying it, but I don't think anywhere near as much as you have. Oh, I'm a fanboy. Quite obviously. <laughs> so Although anyway, I, I can say that I'm not hating... Deadpool as much that, as that's normal. Yeah. That's my goal for you so, not to hate him as much. It's, it's, not, it's not that I like him. It's just that I don't hate him as much in this. <laughs> All right. So wrapping up with our new releases for today, we have Irredeemable, number 25, Batman Beyond, number five. Which hopefully will have Batman in it. <laughs> or more of him, I should say. Yeah. A Secret Six, number 33. Jennifer Blood and Annihilators, both at issue three. Avengers Academy, number 13, which I will continue to say until people believe me, is the best comic in the current Avengers lineup. We have the Deadpool Annual, number one, which, okay, it's Deadpool, so who cares? It's an annual. Really, who cares? But it's actually part two of a story that started in the Amazing Spider-Man Annual. That was a lot of fun. I was actually liking it, so I'll check out part two here to be finished up in part three in the Incredible Hulk Annual. We have Fear Itself, number two. Herc, number two. 
Heroes for Hire number six, the relaunch of Moon Knight with Bendis as the writer. Very interesting. I'm going to check that one out. We had Uncanny X-Force number nine and the big one, the collected edition of the Taskmaster Unthinkable, which we talked about back on. I think it was issue 20. And for me, it was one of the best comics I read last year. Dude, I called my freaking comic book shop today. Today is comic book day. I called today and they're sold out. (laughs) How is that right? (laughs) But if you can find it, it's definitely worth checking out. However, we have a great comic weekend coming up as well. For those of you who somehow have been living under a rock, Thor comes out on Friday. I'm very excited. I will be there and with with my wingtips on. (laughs) As well as this Saturday, May 7th, is Free Comic Book Day, which is exactly what it sounds like. All the various publishers are making special issues of their most popular comics to be given away for free at your local comic shop. So this Saturday, swing by your local shop, check them out, buy something while you're there. Don't just show up for the free stuff. I know a lot of stores do big sales, uh, half off, all kinds of crazy stuff going on. If you haven't been to your local comic shop in a while, this is the day to check them out. Yeah, I can't wait. There's a, a there's a Muscard freebie that's going to be given out as well, which we love Muscard. Hmm, cool. So before we wrap up, you had a little bit of news to gush about, right, Raj? Oh, yes. Um, very soon. I can't tell you exactly which issue, whether it's next one or the one after that. We're going to be having an interview with Janet Lee, who did the absolutely jaw-dropping, amazing artwork in Return of the Dapper Man. I just got to schedule an actual time that we're going to sit down with her, but I cannot wait to talk to her. Her artwork is not the norm either, nor is her process that she took for creating the illustrations for Dapper Man, which is something that I talked about last episode, um, where she, between the decoupage and the, the markers and the using pine boards as a background, painted pine boards, it's just very, very different than the norm. I'm, I'm dying to talk to her about the process that went into that and, and everything else. So it's going to be, I'm, I'm hoping very, very soon that we get her on. So I I have not read uh, Return of the Dapper Men yet. It is currently coming to me from Amazon, though. So oh, I, I will definitely can't wait to check that after after as much as you've been saying about it. I put the review out today. It took me a while to write just because I wanted to word it. I wanted to give it the amount of attention that I feel it deserves, but it's so hard to keep saying something is amazing over and over and over again and just gushing. <laughs> you have to find different words to say it's amazing. And it took me a while. It was to really, ultimate. Yeah, it, it was, was the ultimate. It's the ultimate freaking comic book that better win a bunch of Eisners. <laughs> so, yeah, but no, if you check out the site, the review is out. You can see what I thought of it and you can see some, um, examples of the artwork because there's actually a video as well that was put out by the book 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 publisher to show off what the illustrations are as well all right so lots of great stuff to look forward to and that's going to wrap us up here for issue 24 of comic book informer as always you can check us out at comicbookinformer.com or follow us on twitter at cb informer uh we've got our itunes issues being sorted out so uh, we'll get some more info on that next week so thanks and we'll see you then
Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be there. Screw you, Joe. You're not here. This is going in the outtakes. He <laughs> <laughs> said, Joe. Yeah, yeah. He'll I'll, be here in ten minutes. I'll be there. I'll be there. Don't you worry. Tart at least has an, an excuse, but Joe has none. No excuse whatsoever. He's off today. It's not like he was doing anything either. I understand he had maybe laundry to do because it's his day off, and it takes hours to clean those shorts out. But still, plan ahead. You knew that seven o'clock, you were supposed to be here. You get those rating shorts with the with the stain Ooh, right there. Man. Those suckers yeah. gotta be rank. <laughs> you can stand those suckers up and put a drink on them. I think he just leaves them on the chair and then just slips into them when he sits down. No, he just puts them over the rad and hopes they'll dry out. <laughs> Neighbors think he's a serial killer and smells so bad in his place. <laughs> the the I, see, I found the first issue kind of relied too much on. Okay, we've got 22 pages, or however many it was, I assume 22 pages, to tell X amount of story, to give all of that backstory, and just kind of, it felt like it was being crammed down our throat kind of thing. And there we go. It was bound to happen. Can't, can't edit that one <laughs> we out. Can't, and I thought, you know what? It's like, the wife's not going to be coming home at this time. It'll be great. There won't be anybody coming to the door. I was wrong. So we're just going to wait a moment and see if that's all right. See, Sam, this is what you've been missing out on. This <laughs> bubbles. Okay, bubbles. I think we're, yeah. yes, Bubbles the dogs. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, I think we're safe. Uh, okay. okay. So. Spent a little more time on the ultimately ultimate stuff than I would have liked, but hey, there's some good jokes in there. <laughs> you got to. Come on. Ultimate <laughs> Comics Ultimates. What, what what's wrong with you people? Seriously. <laughs> Come on. How oh, did no, the, that get the best. greenlit? I, I need to know that. The best was you had the the uh, Ultimate Comics Ultimate Avengers Volume 1 through 3. <laughs> Every time they told a six-issue story, they relaunched it with a new number one. <laughs> it's like, you got to be kidding me. Yeah, no, there's... I, 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 honestly, I can't get over it. it. It makes absolutely no sense to me that that nobody along the line at least nobody with power along the line kind of went no, no no you're not doing this this is a joke right <laughs> like no no <laughs> go back to the drawing board there you're smart enough to come up with a decent title none of this crap but it's thor related it's stupid hey how come he's got a different hammer that's not his hammer that is Dude, the ultimate hammer that I guy is such a bad fanboy too much about thor <laughs> just so the fact that I know that that's the wrong hammer that's the right hammer the kid knows more about Thor than that other joke <laughs>